0: Matthew 27, 45. Moses, many years before Christ ever came to this earth, Moses stood by Mount Sinai. And as he stood by Mount Sinai, the ground around them shook. The the Bible says that there was a cloud of smoke all over the top of Mount Sinai where God's presence was. Lightning uh, was coming from that cloud. It was a fearsome sight. And God spoke these words to the children of Israel. He said, you will have no other gods before me. And he began to go through the Ten Commandments. And the people were so terrified by the, the, the presence of Almighty God before them that they went to Moses and they said, Moses, you go speak to God, but don't let God speak to us or we will die. They were so overwhelmed by the presence of Almighty God. I want you to know we serve an awesome God, but our awesome God sent an awesome Savior. And Jesus Christ is every bit as much powerful and every bit as much God as God the Father is. He is completely and fully God. And because He is, He has the answer for your need and for my need. Uh, we need His salvation. We need His power in life. Uh, through your suffering, I am free. I was looking at that, the words to that song we just sang. Uh, through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and through His power, He can set you free. Uh, Jesus can also give you victory over your circumstances. Uh, There's no circumstance that can come to your life that is greater than Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm so glad that God sent Jesus. Matthew shares the story of Jesus' death, and he does so in such a way as to emphasize the power of Jesus on the cross. You see... Each gospel writer uh, has different emphasis that to bring different things out under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John speaks of the finished work of Jesus for sin. But Matthew speaks of the power of Jesus Christ because it seemed that it was his greatest moment of defeat. Uh, I want you to imagine with me for a second that you're a Roman soldier. And that you're going through the the daily routine. You have been assigned the duty to crucify those who've been condemned by the state. And so each day uh, you go, and and there's this this familiar smell. There's this familiar sight uh, and experience. And there's the smell of blood and and the smell of death. And uh, there are curses being yelled uh, from the crosses. And and each day you have the duty of Driving those nails into the the base of the hand and driving those nails through the feet and uh, crucifying and staying several days uh, as these crucified victims slowly die. That's your job. That's what you do every day. And then one day you come upon a prisoner that is of a different sort. And somehow it just seems different. He's approaching this differently, but but you you dry the nails in his hands, in his feet, and you you put the cross up just like you always did. But then something unusual begins to happen. Slowly the sky begins to grow dark. And for three hours in the middle of the day, the sky is completely black. It's like night in the daytime. And then, as you see, Jesus, normally the the crucified victims would last several days. But because it was the Passover time, uh, they didn't want to leave the bodies on the cross. And so they were going to break the legs that Jesus was already dead. But they were going to break the legs for the other two prisoners, as they would normally do. But before this took place, Jesus cries out with a loud voice. And he gives up his spirit. And all of a sudden, the ground begins to shake, and the rocks begin to split, and people begin to come out of tombs. All of a sudden, you begin to realize the the magnitude of what you've done. This is no ordinary man. This is the Son of God. And the Bible says that these soldiers were terrified. I would be terrified. The centurion says, surely this man was the Son of God. I want you to know we serve a sovereign Savior. At the moment of his greatest apparent defeat, he won his greatest victory. As God's people, we need to respond to what Jesus has done for us and respond to His greatness by worshiping Him, trusting Him, praying to Him, loving Him. The time my message is Jesus' greatness on the cross. We're going to talk about how God shows us that greatness. Look with me, if you will, at Matthew twenty-seven forty-five. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, that he is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and fixed it on a reed and offered him a drink. But the rest said, Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Jesus shouted again with a loud voice, And gave up his spirit. Suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs after his resurrection. Entered the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake. And the things that had happened they were terrified. And said, this man really was God's son. Many women who had followed Jesus from a distance and ministered to him were also there looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Jesus' greatness on the cross. How does God show us Jesus' greatness? The first thing I want you to see is Jesus' power over creation. Jesus power over creation the earth quaked and the rocks were split I don't know about you, but I can't make the earth shake I can't make the rocks split uh, Jesus did just that he had power that no one else had. I was reading about this power lifting uh, champion who clinged. if you know what a power cling is he, bring up the weight like this and then he pressed it it was 408 pounds and a little change can you imagine lifting that much over your head at that point it was the the largest amount of weight that had ever been lifted over a human being's head 408 pounds Uh, now that's impressive for us but can i tell you something jesus has power that none of us have Jesus holds the universe together by his power. Did you know in Colossians the Bible says, by him all things consist. It means they came into existence by his power and they're held in existence by his power. They're held together by Jesus Christ. Jesus was involved in creation. Jesus wasn't just a man, he was the God man. Jesus was God from eternity past and he'll be God to eternity future. Jesus was involved in creation. Jesus sustains creation by His power. The Bible says He stretches the universe apart. Did you know that God discovered that before scientists? God knew that He was the one who did the stretching. I want you to know something: we serve a mighty, awesome God. It was no problem for Jesus to walk on the water. He created the water. It was no uh, problem for Jesus to heal the sick or even to raise the dead. Why? Because he created human beings out of nothing. This is the God that we serve. This is Jesus Christ. And so I believe God wanted people to see at this moment who Jesus really was. And Jesus himself said, okay, I'm going to give you a little indication of who I am as I give up my spirit. Boom! The the rocks shook and were were cracked. and, And all of creation took notice as the Son of God breathed his last human breath until three days later. Jesus has power over creation. Have you ever thought of this? Jesus on the cross, as he was suffering for our sins, was holding the universe together by his power. I want you to note, Jesus died, his physical body died on the cross that day. Uh, he died as, as far as the wrath of God being poured out upon him. But Jesus, as God, could not cease to exist. Jesus, even as his body... Laid in the grave, was holding the universe together by his power. I want you to see God. Why is that important? You say, Pastor, why are you telling us this? I'm telling you this because Jesus has the power to change your life. There is no cause that is too hard. There is no sin that is too great. There is no bondage that he can't break. Jesus Christ is the sovereign of the universe. Your problems don't make him break a sweat. He is a sovereign Lord. He can handle what you face. Isn't that encouraging? Thank him. Worship him. Take your prayers to him about your issues in life. He is able. If you don't know him, come to him. Put your faith and trust in him so that you can be saved. Uh, Jesus will forgive you and set you free. Jesus has power over creation. Secondly, Jesus has power over sin. Jesus has power over sin. Look at the scripture in verse 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What happened on the cross... Uh, is that God the Father and God the Son who, and God the Holy Spirit had eternity past fellowship with one another that was unbroken. There had never been a time where they weren't in sweet communion with one another. And yet, on the cross, that communion was broken. For the first time in eternity, Jesus experienced what it was like to be separated from his father in relationship. And he felt the weight of God's wrath upon, his, uh, upon himself for our sin. But that separation occurred so that you and I could have fellowship with God. Through that separation on the cross, Jesus exercised his power over our sin. Jesus said, yes, your sin has separated you from God. Yes, you cannot have a relationship with God because of your sin. But I want to tell you what I'm going to do to solve the problem. I will take your penalty upon myself and I will overcome your sin. I will pay the price so that you can have a relationship with God. Is that not a wonderful picture? Jesus had the power of to undo what sin had done. You remember the story of Adam, Adam and Eve in the garden? And they sinned against God. And God had to cast them out of the garden. They were separated from God. The relationship was broken because of sin. Jesus undid that at the cross. And because he undid that, you and I, no matter who we are, can come to God for a relationship through Jesus. We can choose to repent of our sin and put our trust in Jesus, and God will forgive us and give us eternal life. That is what Jesus did at the cross. Jesus had power over those who were sinning against him as well. They were making fun of him. You know, he says, Eli, Eli, Lami, Sabachthani. He's saying, hey, Uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the Ellie sounded like Elijah. Elijah. And so they said, well, he's calling Elijah. And they're not really paying attention to what he's saying. But they take it as an opportunity to make fun of him. And they say, well, he's calling Elijah. Let's see if uh, Elijah comes and delivers him. They're making fun of him. They're ridiculing him. They're casting abuse upon him. But can I tell you, Jesus could not be dissuaded. He could not be uh, taken uh, off of God's mission, distracted from it, Jesus overcame all of that. Uh, Jesus took the price for our sin. I want you to look and see um, Jesus, verse 50, shouted again with a loud voice. He would said, first of all, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now he's shouting again. Uh, John 19, 30 tells us what he shouted. It is finished. Done. The price has been paid. The debt is forever canceled for your sin. But he shouted. You ever wondered why he shouts? Well, he probably wants to make sure people hear what he's saying so they understand the significance of what he's doing. But I think there's more to that. I, I believe he's shouting in victory. It's done. It is won. It is finished. You shout when you see the U.T. Vols win a basketball game. Yeah, it's done. We won. But Jesus won the victory over all sin for all time. Yeah, it is finished. It's done. The battle is won. Jesus, I'm going to tell you something, Jesus is God. He's he's God the Son. He is able to overcome your sin. Some of you may be sitting there thinking, you know, Jesus, you don't know what I've done, Pastor. You don't know what my past is. You don't know what my sin is. Uh, Jesus could never forgive me. Let me tell you something. You don't have a sin that is too big that Jesus can't forgive. He's God. Have you ever wondered why Jesus had to die? Why just somebody else couldn't have died? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus was God. Only God could bear the penalty you and I deserve. Only an infinite God could bear an infinite penalty for sin. You and I couldn't do it. But Jesus could. And Jesus can deliver you from your sin. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all Sin, not the small ones, not the ones uh, done in public or the ones done in secret. all, all sin, no matter what sin it is, Jesus can overcome it through his blood. Hallelujah. but not only can he deliver you from the penalty of sin, he can deliver you from the power of sin through what Jesus did on the cross he he sends his holy Spirit. And the Bible says that we can walk in victory over sin. You see, He's given us, if you know Jesus Christ, He's given you His Holy Spirit to dwell within you, to live through you, so that you can win the victory over sin. Uh, sometimes we go through a process of, of learning how to do that, but but every Christian has That potential within themselves. They can confess their sin to God. They can ask for the filling of the Spirit. Uh, They can surrender their will to Him and put their trust in Him. And the Holy Spirit of God begins to live through their life and give them victory. That's power. We're singing that song. Uh, Through your suffering, I am free. Some of you could probably stand up and give a testimony about how Jesus Set you free. I'm going to tell you something. We serve a powerful, awesome Savior. He has power over sin. He's got power over creation. He's got power over sin. Thirdly, he has power over death. He has power over death. Look at verse 52. The tombs also were opened, and many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And they came out of the tombs. Now, in English, my translation has that as one sentence. With after his resurrection, they entered the holy city. I don't. There was no punctuation in the original language. Okay, that was added for the sake of to help you when you're trying to read it. Uh, but uh, the the punctuation could go after the word tombs. They came out of the tombs. Then, after the resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. So. Um, Theologians, they write a whole, spill a whole lot of ink over this verse. But two things are clear. Number one, they were raised. And number two, they testified about Jesus. Can I tell you something? Jesus has the power to raise the dead. He did it with Lazarus. But now he's he's showing showing the people, and, and I believe they... God has them wait till after Jesus' resurrection to testify in the city because that needed to happen first. That needed to take precedence so that they could share that message as well. You see me? Hey, you remember me? You remember going to my funeral? I'm alive. Can I tell you something else? Jesus is alive, and he can change your life. Jesus has power over death. Now, I believe these probably were like Lazarus. They were raised and then they died again because Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. That means he's the first to, to ever be raised, to never, ever die again. And that's going to be our heritage, who know, those of us who know Christ one day. But Jesus has power over death. You know what that means? There's hope. There's hope. There is hope for you in your circumstance. Some of you feel dead. Inside, you feel like your hope has died. You feel like your ability has died. Your enthusiasm has died. You feel like there's nothing you can do. I've I've exhausted myself. I love that scripture verse. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Jesus can bring you back to life. There's a scripture, uh, Paul says, um, he says, we were, we we're going through this circumstance in our life. We despaired even of life. But that was so that we might see that God is able to raise the dead. And God brought them up out of that dark pit that they were in and gave them hope. You can have hope at a gravesite of a loved one that knows Jesus. Because Jesus has power over death. One day, the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord of the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen one day. Jesus has power over death. There's hope. Uh, One of these days, I'm going to have a new body. I have joint issues. I have allergies and asthma. One of these days, I'm going to get a new body. Jesus has power over this dying body. You know, there's a process that we go through. Some of us are farther along on that process than others. But one out of one die, right? Jesus has the power to reverse that. Someday, there'll be no sickness, no pain, no sorrow. Why? Because Jesus has power over death. Isn't that not an amazing, amazing thing? Trust Him in the midst of your difficulty and heartache he has power over death so jesus has power over creation power over sin power over death and finally power over circumstances now just a short just a short time ago those roman soldiers were nailing those nails into his hands can i tell you if you would looked at Jesus in that moment, you would have thought, what a hopeless situation. His back was still dripping blood from his scourging that had taken place just a short time before. Um, he looked like he was utterly hopeless without an answer, without a hope, without a prayer. This is the situation as it appeared to be. But then Jesus showed them the reality. Boom! The ground shakes. The rocks split. The dead raise. It was all reversed in an instant. Can I tell you something? We serve an amazing God. The centurions had looked at him before and had doubt about who he was but after seeing what Jesus did, they say, surely this was the Son of God. You see, circumstances don't always give us the true picture. God's in control. You may not see it. You, you, you may seem hopeless. Everywhere you look may seem dark. But can I tell you something? If you serve Jesus Christ, you have the sovereign Lord of the universe with you. And your circumstances cannot overcome you. Paul said this. He said, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other thing in all creation shall be able to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to tell you something. There's no circumstance you can face that can separate you from Jesus. He is with you in your circumstance. Jesus is able to take circumstances and show us the reality behind him. I, I think about Stephen. You remember the godly deacon Stephen in Acts? He begins to preach a gospel message, a very confrontational one. And he, he tells the people, he says, You killed the Lord Jesus Christ, and God has made him both Lord and Messiah. And they they were so angry after hearing his message, they began to gnash their teeth. And they rushed at Stephen and they began to grab these big boulders and begin to crush his bones till he died in a stoning. But the Bible says, but Stephen looked up and he says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. I want to say I want to tell you something. God opened up heaven, let let him see the true picture. In persecution, in difficulty, in hardship, in heartache, we have a home in heaven. We have a relationship with God. We have the sovereign of the universe looking out for us. Isn't that amazing? He has power over circumstances. And as you know, three days later, he showed just how much power over circumstances he had. He arose. Jesus' greatness on the cross, he has power over creation, power over sin, power over death, and power over circumstances. We need to trust him. We need to pray to him. We need to worship him for the great Savior that he is. And when we go through difficulties, we need to cast our cares upon him. Let me ask you are you doing that? as a child of God? Are you casting your cares on Him? Are you trusting Him in the middle of your difficulty? I want to invite you to come to this altar and say, Lord, I haven't been trusting you, but I choose to trust you today. Don't understand it, can't explain it, uh, but I trust you. Maybe you need to pray for someone who is in a difficult circumstance, or you just need to pray about your own circumstance you're going through. This altar is open. If you don't know Jesus today, God has given us a gift in his word to show us just how great Jesus is. Can I tell you, he loves you, and he wants to set you free. He wants to forgive your sin. He wants to give you a home in heaven and eternal life. Uh, You must respond. And Jesus asks us to respond by choosing to turn from our sin in our own way to follow him and to receive his gift of salvation in simple trust. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in a moment, and you can do that through a simple prayer, Uh, and and I'll lead you in that prayer. You you don't necessarily need a preacher to pray, but um, some people like to have the pastor pray a little bit and let them pray after him, and so um, I want to give you that opportunity. But you know, Jesus called people publicly, and Jesus is calling you publicly if you don't know Christ. You need to give your heart to Him today. Receive His salvation. Begin a relationship with this awesome, powerful Savior we've been talking about today. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much uh, for Your Word. Thank You for showing us the mighty power of our Savior. And I thank You, Lord, that uh, many years ago, You touched my heart and You drew me.